0: You know, there's all kinds of stuff you have to do when you cycle. No, and I think that was the biggest thing that I wanted to really talk about in the program was we might be runners, we might be cyclists, but our legs aren't the only thing doing the work, specifically in cycling, much like we look like at our computers and or over our phones all day. We're like hunched over, you know, we're locked short on our front, we're stretched out long in our back, we're in that seated position. So again, like our glutes are on stretch, the front side, our interior side, our hips are all tight and everything so it mimics a lot of what we do every day so the reality of the program is like how do we get out of that how do we how do we fight against the movements that we're going to be in for two three seven days at a time who knows so that was really that was really the goal time to hit
1: the gym better do it smart get your own coach Start the day right there in your home With the smartest gym in the world Ready, set, go Smart panel, smart bar, smart training There you are, customizing, it right, AI, form and drive. Super set, will show you what it's all about It's a
2: Welcome to the superset podcast episode 53. This is Crystal O'Keefe
1: and this is Tom O'Keefe. Hello. Hi. We are recording this over July 4th weekend. Yes. But we have done no fireworks. None. So I saw a thing that said a lot of a lot of companies a lot of uh, like different area municipalities governments counties whatever are switching to drone shows instead of fireworks shows.
2: Is this is this one of your jokes? No, that they I can't like,
1: tell. <laughs> have you seen like when people we'll take all the drones and do them like remote control and no. sync, and they can like create images in the sky? Uh-huh. It's really cool. And so I was just like, oh, what I was. It, I are they loud? No, that's the thing. They're they're drones, so they don't make any noise at all. But you still they still light up the sky. Yeah. And so I think a lot of places are probably switching to them because they don't have to worry about upsetting animals or people with PTSD or what what have you. And so. But you still get the effect of lighting up the sky. And my guess is it's probably maybe cheaper, maybe not in the short term, but I bet you long term it's cheaper. Fireworks are expensive. They are. Certainly safer. I would be interested
2: to know how long... Why hasn't Disney started doing it? Uh, See,
1: and I, I was about to say, I didn't mention this when we were at Disney, but I was wondering, I wonder when Disney will incorporate drones instead of fireworks because it has to save them a ton of money because... You know, the cost of a drone show on one day versus a fireworks display on one day is I don't know that that's going to be a money saver. But the cost of a drone show every day versus a fireworks display every day, I would think would almost have to save the money.
2: Do they do fireworks in all the parks or is it just um, Magic Kingdom and Epcot?
1: So, Magic Kingdom and Epcot, and I'm Animal Kingdom, I think normally close by the time it gets dark, so I don't think they have anything. And the Hollywood Studios sometimes does because remember we watched a thing where they projected it on. It was the great movie ride right oh, at the time, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's also they have Phantasmic, yeah, and so that I think that has I think that's baked in pyro to the show. I don't think it's actual fireworks, but that would be great addition for, like, Hollywood Studios, like, a great differentiator, right? Instead mm-hmm. of fireworks, come see the drone shows. Yeah. So Disney's looking to hire anyone. I know people right now are like, I thought this was about Tonal.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. We what have is, a podcast about Tonal. What we they, do. What we do. They, what, are they,
1: what are they talking about? Don't worry. So, don't
2: worry. We're don't still worry. talking
1: about Tonal. <laughs> we're doing, uh, both of us are doing Sculpt and st- Shred.
2: <laughs> yes, but you're doing... Upper, you're you're doing the upper body. And
1: you're doing lower.
2: I am. So it's been fascinating how some of our workouts are like really similar, first yeah. of all. And second of all, how they are so incredibly painful. <laughs> uh-
1: <laughs> yeah. So I had one the other day. I'm I'm really bad. I've talked before about how like I don't pay attention. I I, I like total because I don't have to think about it. Yeah. So like when people are like day 12, I have no idea what day it was. So don't ask me. But it, there was a thing where it had me doing a racked squat to bench. Mm-hmm. So you do a rack squat, but you don't go all the way down. You just hit the bench and pop back up. I had That's the first time I've ever been given that move in my three and a half years of tonal at this point. Yeah. And so I saw it pop up and I was like. We even had to talk about it. Yeah. I was like, well, that looks really lame. Yeah. Like, I was like, that looks like the old lady version of a rec squat." And I was I, like, yeah,
2: yeah, because you don't sit down as
1: deep. Yeah, you don't go down as far and then you're sitting down. Like, you can sit down. Like, well, it's <laughs> like, you know, like, pff. and then I, and then I did it.
2: And boy, is that not true.
1: Yeah. Uh, my apologies to old ladies everywhere. I tell uh,
2: you what, uh, the way, because you, you're just supposed to tap it with your tushy. Oh. You're not supposed, <laughs> you're not supposed to like. <laughs> Stay there
1: well, and you know, hang out. The thing is, if you stay there, it's like it's it's its own punishment, right? Because <laughs> it's harder to get up,
2: and because the racked squats, what so it makes it hard? Because it's pushing down on
1: wow. you. So, like, if you get in your mind, like, oh, I can sit here for a second. No, oh, you just made things even worse. It's <laughs> that's like, I bet you, I can finish this paper in the morning. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah.
2: But the thing I love about this is like first of all, like I take progress photos, I've been taking progress photos, and I can actually tell that, like my booty's getting lifted, the yeah. peaches the peaches truly be peaching. And also, I have noticed that like i I feel like all over and my my pictures showed this it's like getting leaner, even yeah. though my food hasn't changed and and I ate pretty clean. yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's it's pretty good. yeah. so I feel like, it's incredibly effective for people who are looking for a good summer program. It's it's hard. Uh, I have not felt like running on other days. Like it takes a lot out of your legs, like a lot.
1: Yeah. And I, I've had some days as doing upper because you still do lower body stuff, just like on the lower, you still are going to do some upper. But yeah, I've had some days after lower body where it's just like the next day, it's like a woof. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, what would this be like? If I was actually doing the lower body stuff and that like if that's what I feel like after lower body on an upper body focused program, I can't even imagine what it would feel like on the lower body version.
2: It is it is intense because uh, my my hamstrings are still yelling at me. They're still barking. Yeah. But I also went on.
1: is our hamstrings?
2: I also <laughs> went on a uh, hike yesterday, and it was a pretty. There were some pretty hilly portions, mm-hmm. uh, and so my hamstrings were were not happy every step of that as well. And I feel like that's probably why they're so sore today, still. But I really like. I feel like it's super effective. Like. I don't like when I do a workout and I don't feel like it's worth my time because it, you you know all workouts kind of suck to a degree right like you oh, still got to gotta tell me I know right yeah so you still got to do the work and you still feel like uh you know but then if you're sore the next day the good sore not the I can't move right. not I'm not actual, talking about
1: that. yeah not you actually injured yourself
2: right but. but just the kind of sore that's like ooh accomplished and I mean I'm starting the third week and I'm still feeling sore after these workouts I love that because I actually feel like check mark getting sh- Done. Like yeah. I love that. So uh if you guys haven't tried it, I highly recommend that you do. It is really good. And I think I'm gonna do the upper body after this, but I don't know. They keep coming out with new content that <laughs> like catches my eye. But yeah. I, I could see flipping and doing the lower body too. I mean the upper body too.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, uh, who are we talking to this week?
2: We are talking to Ash Wilking this week, coach Ash. And uh uh wow, what a fabulous interview. It's it was so great to get to know her. And to to talk to her about the different programs she's done and, like, her whole backstory.
1: Wow. Just wow. Absolutely. So, uh, and then, of course, we have other things to discuss. Yeah.
2: We've got some new features that hit this week, too.
1: We did. Yeah. And Tony Horton is back. People will be very excited about that. Very Very excited. So uh, before we get into all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. If you have other friends who love their tonal that just can't get enough of it, maybe let them know that we're out there, right? Share an episode on your feed, timeline, whatever, Instagram panel. I don't know. (laughs) Your Snapchat. Feed. Your Snapchatter. <laughs> Snapchatter. Something like that. Sure. Uh, so uh, so people can check it out. It's also probably a great way to let people, if they're if you have friends who are on the fence and feel like they don't know enough before pulling the trigger on an item like Tonal, we're also a good introduction for them, right? Absolutely. So, uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast, uh, And then also we have a YouTube channel. All these live on YouTube on youtube.com slash the clip out, the name of our other show, but these are there as well. So there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we?
2: We shall. New tonal features.
1: Custom workout sharing. People love building their custom workouts, but they weren't able to share them with people. And now they can.
2: Yeah. Now, before you go and say, I don't have it yet. Please I don't have it yet. Go to your app store and make sure
1: you have the newest update.
2: But I don't have it yet. Z- zip it. Listen. Listen.
1: Okay. I'm go, listening.
2: Go to your app store.
1: I don't have it yet.
2: Go to your app store and look to see if you have the latest download of Tonal uh, because it they're rolling it out and, you know, they do that slowly because they've right. got so many users. You have yeah. to do these things slowly. And uh, this is something that people have been asking for since day one when we got the Tonal back right. in 2018. So it's been a long time coming. And uh, I this is something so many people have asked for. I love that Tonal is still putting out features that the members are asking for. For sure. This is very, very exciting. So why is this a big deal? This is a big deal because you can create any workout you want and share it with other people. This is so huge. So, so Tom, I could truly make you miserable by sharing workouts that I create
1: just for you. I've already had a wife who made me, made <laughs> me miserable. Why? I don't- don't do that.
2: Okay, I won't. I won't. I'll. I'll have somebody else do it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't
1: know if That's the solution no, I was looking for. I'm just but...
2: Teasing. I'm just teasing. But like you can, you can really hone in on your specific like trouble areas, or maybe you have to avoid certain muscles. So like you can make your own workout, or let's say that you have ankle straps, and you want to use that and you want to be able to create off-tonal off, off tonal moves and things that aren't included in the tonal library, you can do that. So there's all these options
1: for you, and I love it. Absolutely. And speaking of custom, custom by tonal is coming out of beta.
2: I am so happy to see that this is coming out of beta. People have just been so ecstatic about this one. So this is all trainer, it's it's all on trainer experience that combines custom built workouts, but it has the ease and the expertise of coach-led pre-programmed content. So you get to really focus on putting your time into the muscle and not your workout. And I think that these are also really good add-ons to existing programs. So let's say for a lot of people out there that say, I want to be in two programs at once. This is a way to add a really tough workout to an existing program very easily. I love it.
1: Are these the platinum thing?
2: Yes. Okay, because yes. I
1: was doing some of those, and they came in really handy for me. Like when we were getting ready to go out of town for a week, and I was like, "Well, I don't want to start a program and do a week, and then take a week off, right? right? Like that right. feels weird." And then you come back and you hit week two, and you don't feel like you're geared up for it, right? Because you missed, you have kind of quote unquote missed week one, and so I found myself just looking for one offs, and which I don't typically do, and I stumbled into these by accident. And was doing the platinum ones.
2: But they were really tough.
1: They were. It's the
2: platinum six, I believe.
1: Yes, that's what it was. And so it was, but they, yeah, those were no joke. Like that was.
2: Well, if you want to find all the custom bitonal workouts, you can just go to, on your trainer, mm-hmm. go to explore, filter, format, and custom bitonal. Very easy to find.
1: Or if you want to do the one I did, just look for platinum. Also good. Not to be confused with a gentleman's club.
2: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
1: I used to work next to one.
2: I know that Tom. Was so
1: I but I worked next to it, not in it. I didn't go in it. I mm-hmm. it's I mean one shift and uh I just didn't get the kind of tips I was expecting so
2: yeah. I had oh.
1: I had to move along. <laughs>
2: But they had good food, I hear.
1: They did have good food. Like, mm-hmm. it was counterintuitive. I would tell bands this all the time. Because <laughs> So I worked at the rock club that was next door to it, and the bands would come in, and they were like, where can I get good food? And I was like, believe it or not, the strip club next door has good food. And they'd be like, you're so full of it. And, and every band member would come, or every band I sent over there that would actually go would come back and be like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> that was good food. And we used to always joke, and you don't mind if you find a hair in your food. Oh gross. <laughs> I remember I sent the lead singer of a band named Zebra over there for the classic rock nerds. You might recognize it. That, that name. is that's going deep, Tom. Keyword might. Yeah. And uh Randy Jackson from the band Zebra, not the guy from American Idol. Okay. And uh and he's a big vegan, right? And for years, I mean, his songs, he has songs from the from the 70s about animal rights stuff. Like he's always been a vegan. And I was like, I've heard they've got really good vegan food over there. And he's like, "Nah." <laughs> and, <laughs> and he comes back and he's like, holy cow. And every time he'd come back, he's like, I'm going next door to get that vegan <laughs> burger. I don't know what they're doing, but I dig it.
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. It's a great story.
1: New tonal content. Tony Horton is back.
2: People are so excited about this. They
1: are. They love them some Tony Horton.
2: They do. So this one is called the Triple Threat Dynamic Gains. You Triple sound, thread, you yeah. Upper,
1: lower. No. I don't know what's next. No, you're what's gonna you're gonna thing?
2: you're gonna boost strength, muscle, and stamina. Boom, oh, boom, boom, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so this is really cool because you take you're gonna do heavy weight, but you're gonna mix in eccentric mode and chains mode for building power. But then you also are gonna have two upper body workouts and one lower body workout, and each session is gonna last between 35 and 40 minutes. Woof. Yeah. That's I'm glad it's only three because like I feel like this one, when you're adding eccentric and chains, I feel like four might be a bit much for this one. I think three is a good, good number of days. Okay. Yeah. That's my thought.
1: I bet it for the people that like Tony Horton, it has to be very exciting. Like if you have maybe because you have a total moved on from Tony Horton stuff. Right. But then to still have them pop up on the new thing that you're on. That has to be like, I mean, obviously, it never worked out before. Right. Well, so I know the name Tony Horton mainly because of his coffee and donut shop in Canada. No, not hit. No, no. Not him. Oh, That's okay. Tim Horton. Oh, his brother Tim. Yeah, I get them. Of mixed up. Yeah. Yes. And uh, uh, Remember they the went one... different ways.
2: Remember the one time we ate there and you tried those
1: weird potatoes and you loved them, the French fries. Yeah, with poutine. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like like something bad. It sounds like uh, <laughs> it sounds like the noise you make in an when like a old timey. Person spits in a cartoon. Poutine. And yeah, I was like, that sounds disgusting. And then it was like, holy crap, Canada has it figured out. First socialized medicine, now this. I guess you need it. Shoving all that poutine down people's throats. Isn't it like gravy? It's basically gravy on your french fries, Uh which I'm like, well, I mean, I like gravy on mashed potatoes. So I guess this isn't a radical turn of events, except you've turned it into a fast food delight. Which you sure loved it. I did love it. <laughs> remember how I was invisible in Canada? I do remember that. Never experienced anything like that before that or since. Weird. I weird. We were walking through the airport. And
2: everybody talks about how nice Canadians yeah. are.
1: And we, so we were walking through the airport in Canada, and because we were just staying there overnight to catch a cruise, and so... Uh, And so we kept going back and forth in the airport because our hotel was at the airport. We were just like, why make it harder than it needs to be? Right. And so we were walking around like in the little shopping area and the restaurants and and I just kept people just kept. Walking right into me.
2: I mean, not like not like bumping his shoulder, like a full on full on body slam, body slam. This occurred no less than three times in 20 minutes. Yeah.
1: And I was (laughs) I think it might have been more. Like I said, no less. Yeah. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? Like, like what? I don't understand.
2: You would make a comment and they wouldn't even address it like they didn't even hear
1: you. Right. I'm just like, I don't understand why no one can see me in Canada. It's not. Like I was wearing some sort of anti-Canadian propaganda. Not
2: at all. I we were wearing. so happy to be there. We yeah. had the most beautiful room.
1: We the did. View. It was it amazing. the runway. It was gorgeous. And I was wearing my Robin Sparkles t-shirts and <laughs> Canada should have loved me. So I don't understand what was happening, but it was crazy. It was crazy. So speaking of new content, when we were speaking of oh, new content, yeah. there's Tag Team, uh, not the rap duo from the 90s, Okay, but... Uh, There's Tag Team Drop Sets and Sweat.
2: Okay, so this is going to be with Tim, coaches Tim and Tanisha, and it's going to be Compound Lifts, Plyometrics, and, of course, you're going to have two coaches. So this is a full-body workout, and it has everything you need uh, to build lean muscle and burn fat. Uh, Now... When we talk to Tim Landicho in a very short time, couple of weeks, you're going to hear all about this workout and how it went down with Coach Tanisha.
1: Yes, and if you're like me and saying, what is a plyometric? You're going to learn all about that, too. we will learn all about them on the next episode. Yes. So stay tuned. Yes. Also, we have the three-by-three three circuit hit.
2: Now, Tom, this is a good one for you on your days where you don't like you, you're not lifting, right? And you want to get a break and do some cardio. This is a Hit Fix. It's 25 minutes, so in, out, uh, and it's perfect for all users, whether you're beginner to advanced, three exercises, three rounds. Now, it sounds easy, but they're duration based sets. So you can scale it to your fitness level so you can work at a pace that makes you a little breathless right out of the gate and then activate burnout mode if you need assist on the final kneeling overhead press wolf yeah that's coach christina that one's tough
1: yeah they pretty much all make me breathless right out of the gate
2: yeah that you know it's like i don't know if it's just because i'm female but like my upper body strength is always like where it's the hardest like oh whenever i have to those overhead lifts oh my gosh i hate them so much What's
1: next? Cardio with a kick.
2: Okay. So this is Coach Ash and so we're going to be talking to Coach As- Ash <laughs> Coach Ash in this episode. This is a kickboxing inspired cardio session and you get to practice squats, jacks, squat jacks and bounds. Along with kicks and punches to add some flavor. This is another good one for you, Tom, when you're looking for cardio.
1: It's great if you're in a bad mood. (laughs) I don't like the things where I'm punching and kicking. Well, I always just feel like I'm like whenever I throw a punch, Mm -hmm. I am reminded of how poorly i throw a punch
2: i really like to use yeah i i have my my kick my bag you know my punching bag and right. I, I really like to use that i feel like it's a good way to actually feel like i'm kicking or punching something air is not good for me
1: i get that yeah i've never done the bag i just punch the air but it just feels silly you should try the bag sometime i mean i know people love it like i'm not disparaging it's I know. not my jam like yeah. i just feel feel silly and it's that's like
2: the nice thing about tono yeah. if you that's not your
1: jam you go to the next one exactly. what's next custom bitonal. So you can customize to your jam's delight.
2: And I know you like these. Uh, so these are some new ones they just added to the, the lineup. Mm-hmm. These are all 15 minutes. So 15 minute muscle. It's a whole series of them. Okay. You have one for your chest and biceps, one for back and triceps, one for legs and shoulder and one for abs. This is perfect. If you're a person who likes a four day breakout mm-hmm. of all the muscle groups, 15 minutes in and out. This is fabulous.
1: So this is probably good if you feel like you're in a spot where you're happy Mm -hmm. and you're not looking to add a bunch of muscle, but you don't want to lose any ground either. All right. You can just be like 15 minutes a day.
2: Yeah, this is a good, this is a good pump and it's, it's really strength building. So you can add these on. This is good.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Checking in with the Tonal Team. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube, all the way from the magical country of Tonalvania. (laughs) it's ash walking hello
2: hi you rendered her speechless two seconds said that's a record tom what's he gonna come up with now what's he gonna come up with? Hi, Ash. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) We are so excited to have you here. It is so nice to meet you. I want to get right into this because you just launched a new program, Strength for Cyclists, and I am pumped about it. Tell us more about it.
1: Wait, is this the one I already did? Cycle strength? No, no. That was
2: cycle strength strength. You
1: you ladies in your cycles, there's so many of them.
0: I'm very proud of you for becoming informed on... Everything
2: we have to deal with every single month. Yeah, now you know all about our cycle. Tom. As I say to Crystal all yeah. the time,
1: this is what a feminist looks like.
2: It's true. It's true. He is a good feminist. Such a program. I'm very very proud. Of. Thank
0: you for supporting.
1: I finished it. But no, and Crystal we're talking didn't. about
0: the other cycling. Okay. The other cycling, the one with two wheels. But... Gotcha. So strength for cyclist, and if I could have named it anything, it wouldn't have fit all in one. Sentence. It was like strength for cyclists, triathletes, runners, humans who want to move better, my avid spinners, whether it be in studio or out, obviously in studio or on the road. I was super excited about this, mostly just because I get to talk about being on my bike. <laughs> and I'm sure you are both well aware. Of, what do we call it again, Tom? The tonal
1: verse. Well, I said tonalvania.
2: Tonalvania. <laughs> tonalvania. Love that, that. I was like, I'm uh-oh, I just said I'm it I'm definitely going to bring it up in class. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely going to bring it up in class.
1: Okay, well, now we also get... Need- so well, hang on. Now I got an end. So <laughs> she's willing to threaten things I come up with. So also, I need you to say that the little guy, it's a little guy front and back. <laughs> The little muscle right in this guy that's what we call them little guy front and back so you need to work that one into and bavarian split squats that's when you oh, gotta have, do the little i did hear that one yes twist. we
2: did hear and that
1: what one. else do i got
2: okay those are your three okay. those are your three you only get three today unless something else comes out we'll like save it we'll write okay. it down uh, so, <laughs> yeah,
0: essentially this is just my opportunity to be like hey let's talk about some bikes while we get to work out Like you and the Tonalverse, Tonalvania, already know (laughs) that most movements and workouts, they're they're relatively basic and simple and follow just a very few kind of, like, are you looking to build muscle? Are you looking to get lean? It's all pretty basic in the best way. So I just like to keep things simple. I'm like, hey, let's just move. Let's move in the way that, one, we know we're going to be on a bike a lot. We know we're going to be moving in one plane of motion a lot. So let's try to gear this to how can we hit some of those movements, but also how can we add the variety? Add a little bit of fun. I always love to add core work in because who doesn't love to get some core work in on our workouts. But anyways, the breakdown of Strength for Cyclists, it's a two-week program and it's a four-day split. And the biggest thing about this one, and I've told so talked about it so much in class, but also messaging with tons of folks in the OTC and via the DMs, <laughs> is it's not an in-season program, even though it is only two weeks. It is not in-season programming because... There's still quite a bit of volume. Okay. <laughs> okay. Myself being in the very beginning phases of try training again, I was doing this while also starting to try train and I was like, yep, she's tired. <laughs> so... <laughs> One of those things to remember that that's kind of a big thing to remember is when you're adding this, let's say, into your cycling, whether you're just riding on the weekends or whether you are starting to train for something, it's kind of like a preseason training. So we'll go for two weeks, four days a week. And by the way, you could do this once, twice, three times. Like it works really well if you kind of add it on one after the next, if you don't get tired of me talking in class. (laughs) But the breakdown for each week is going to go upper body, full body, full body, core day and then we have another full body to end the week that's interesting absolutely loved day one because i was like well i'm gonna shake for cyclists this is your upper body workout (laughs) and everybody's
2: like
1: what? <laughs> yeah, because that was We're my question. Is like, is this going to be like all lower body stuff if it's for your bike? So
2: <laughs> no. Well, you do a lot of leaning. No, again. You do a lot of leaning with your you upper get the body. Bike up
1: on your car. Uh, well, there's exactly. that.
0: That's true exactly, exactly. You know, you have to like change your tires and you need like there's all kinds of stuff you have to do when you cycle. No, and I think that was the biggest thing that I wanted to really talk about in the program was we might be runners, we might be cyclists, but our legs aren't the only thing doing the work. Specifically in cycling much like we look like at our computers and or over our phones all day. We're like hunched over. We're locked short on our front. We're stretched out long in our back. We're in that seated position. So again, like our glutes are on stretch, the front side, our interior side, our hips are all tight and everything. So it mimics a lot of what we do every day. So the reality of the program is like, how do we get out of that? How do we fight against the movements that we're going to be in for two, three, seven days at a time? (laughs) Who knows? So that was really the goal. And that's why when I really thought about breaking it out it was like, how can we add in some upper body movements that are going to counteract our cycling position and also that are going to help us and force us to stretch, which is what I like to call strength training. It's for stretching. Let's be honest. <laughs> so the best way to stretch your hamstrings, do a deadlift, right? The best way to stretch your shoulders, get into a lat pull, Right. do that straight arm pull, put tension on the muscle and just get into that stretch. So again, in a sneaky coach way i'm like hey let's strength train but also let's do a lot of stretching while we're at it so it's just it's really fun program i love that it's bite-sized that it's two weeks and i mentioned it also but if you want to take this into your season if you are training for something you can just kind of break it out and do two workouts a week, even though they say you get upper full and then you get a core full. So you kind of get a little of everything regardless on if you do it two days a week or four days a week. I love I that. I talked for a while. Sorry.
1: No, Yo, you're fine. No, that's great. So it sounds like it's good, like even if you're not a... It's okay. Well, there was more <laughs> to fine. the sentence. Sweet so <laughs> uh... yogurt. Yeah. But it sounds like it's good, like even if you're not a, a person who bikes a lot, it's good, like if you're a person that sits at a desk a lot hundred percent. Yeah.
0: And again, we talk a lot about positioning. So it's that position of if you are sitting at a desk, if you are hunched over your computer or even riding in a car, if you're a big commuter, the reality is we start to kind of fall forward. So the muscles on the front side of our body are going to be really short, which means that we need to kind of open those. And the muscles on our back are really stretched, which means that we need to strength train those. Right. And that's why we tend to, anytime we do Posterior work—it's like opening, like pulling through the back. You're like, "Oh, this feels great!" because it's counteracting that movement that we're always in. Same thing with our glutes, right? We love to hate to train them, but they need it. They need strength training, and they're a massive piece of our core. So yeah, it's again, it's just good for anyone who has two arms, two legs, the body, a brain, and really wants to work out and feel good.
2: <laughs> Every time we have one of these conversations, I like find myself sitting up straighter, and I'm like, "Very," I'm like, oh, right? gosh, I'm so slumped. I need You're to." Like, get... coach is here. Got to make sure I put my shoulders. <laughs> (laughs) Get it together.
1: (laughs) I was thinking, all my muscles are short. (laughs)
2: so ash you mentioned how much you love to ride your bike so what's your athletic background i mean have you been a bike rider like your whole athletic life or how does that work if you include
0: riding a bike barefoot and jumping off of wooden built ramps in your front yard and down the street when you were a kid yes i am lifelong cyclist okay Um, okay no i was always the more so as a kid as quote-unquote athlete i was always the one that was like can i go swimming can i ride my bike can i like climb the tree it was just always like doing something and moving and that transitioned into being on the swim team that transitioned into my parents putting me in karate because you need a little bit of discipline and you need to calm down (laughs) so those are my two big things as like a young athlete i was a swimmer and i was a martial artist for almost 12 years getting into high school it was kind of that same idea it was like what sports can i play i also When I started a new school in seventh grade, the first sport, first season, first thing I could try out for was cross country. So I jumped into cross country just to kind of meet people in my new school. That led into track and I went to LSU for college. And if you're unfamiliar with Louisiana State University and their athletics, they're literally number one in almost everything. So becoming a collegiate athlete there was pretty tough. So I definitely went more on like let's tailgate and then let's play your murals during (laughs) college. Um, (laughs) With that, it was more so just like having fun and just going for bike rides going for longer ish runs just for fun to get out and then once i moved to new york from new orleans my graduation gift when i moved was my first like official i guess you could say like road bike it was actually a steel surly so it was not a fancy bike at all in fact it was pretty heavy and that was my first bike it was before i had city bike in new york and I used to just ride around the city when it was wildly dangerous 13 years ago to ride your bike <laughs> down, down any
2: of the avenues.
1: God, we've seen um, the just bike people. It. It's crazy. It
2: is crazy in it's New wild. York. Yeah. And I know it's better because they have the bike lanes now, but as a person, yes. like, oh my gosh, when you just like try to get in your car, you can get run over by a bike. It's insane. Yes. <laughs> well, it used to be that the cyclists were always scared of the cars, and now it's
0: the opposite. It's like, you have to look out for all the cyclists. honest. Yeah. I know I'm starting to age myself because I'm officially entering the era of, well, when I moved to New York back in my day, there weren't bike lanes. <laughs> you guys that are enjoying these bike lanes. They weren't always there. No. So when I moved to New York was when I really kind of like leaned into cycling. I just kind of used it to not have to pay for cabs.
2: Oh, that's smart.
0: And then that was my only bike. So when I first signed up for a triathlon with a friend, at my corporate job, again, it was like, get me out of this cubicle. What can I do to have fun? We started training for a sprint try. My first sprint try, my first Olympic try, were all on that steel bike. Wow. <laughs> so, even racing, I was just kind of like, huh. Ah, it two wheels this works
2: wow (laughs) i'll never
0: forget and by the way those were i'll never forget riding 13 miles for the first time i was like double digits guys that was a ride (laughs) all the way to the top of manhattan and then eventually i had to come back (laughs) and truly that is how you become a cyclist you just start riding a little further and then eventually a little further means you get to bring more snacks (laughs) eventually a little further means that you get to stop and have snacks so that's really kind of how I started doing it. So is, food motivates you. Yeah. Getting a hundred. <laughs> I always say it when I'm training. My bike's right here. I have to do a ride after this. I'm like, I'm just here for the snacks, <laughs> for all the snacks in between. I ride more miles so that I get to have more snacks.
1: <laughs> so how many snacks um, in a 450 mile? That's race, a good question. Or ride.
0: Well, that right, a lot of snacks. It's like a yes. three course meal. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right. She's eating a turkey leg and and potatoes. My first road bike, and that was when the first time that I like ventured over one of the bridges. So that's when I went over to New Jersey and did 9W and hit the market. But I'll never forget my first ride coming back was the first time I went 20 plus miles, and I don't think I slept for four days. I was exhausted. I was like, my tank was so empty. So a lot of people are like, how did you become this crazy endurance athlete? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of started going a little further. And that's really all it was.
2: Okay, but there's a big difference between 20 yeah. and 450. So tell the us difference yeah. is
1: 430. Thank I know, you, Tom. I, I know Thank, that you. One. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Good that. math skills. Don't tell anyone that you have your calculator. On. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's just fun. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, tell us about this ride because you went through New York State, but I'm curious how you went from a little bit to 450 miles. That's a big jump.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, I'll take it back just a tiny bit before we jump into the Niagara Falls. So I've met a few friends that are relatively big cyclists. And the nice thing is like I tag along. And by the way, when you tag along with really great riders, your whole goal is to not get dropped. So you're just, you are fighting for your life on those rides, trying to stay with really great riders. So when they say iron sharpens iron, like truly, that's kind of how you push yourself. It was right coming out of the pandemic, it was right when things were starting to open back up a little bit. And one of my really good friends, Matt, who is is like that rider that I always try to stick with. One day I messaged him and I was like, "Hey, do you want to do a long? I want to like do a day ride. I've never gone anywhere. I've done little trips here and there, but I've never gone anywhere." He's like, "Yeah, let's do it." I'm like, "Do you want to go to Montauk?" <laughs> He's like, "Sure." I was like, "Do you want to go this weekend?" He's like, "Sure." Okay, so it truly was like, "Let's meet at 5 a.m. by the Manhattan Bridge," and we just took off. That was my first century ride, so it was the first time like I hit 100 miles, which I have the video. Of. I was like in tears, so happy. <laughs> like I learned a lot, even on that one like that day trip from New York to Montauk took the train back that night. I learned so much about nutrition, hydration, just really wanting to lay on the side of the road, but (laughs) keeping my feet going every time I wanted to stop. But also that was the first time I really noticed the breakdown of, I've been hunched over this bike for six hours. My wrists are really feeling the pressure of the handlebars. Like you start noticing all the little things. And that was before I did my first half Ironman. So that was before I did racing in that sense. So it really led to a lot of, like, my understanding of longer endurance riding and kind of conversations we had in our program. But that was the first time I broke 100. So that gave me kind of this confidence of, like, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. And my goal, long-term goal, by the way, obviously, Tom will want me to do this because I would need three months to do it. But I (laughs) want to ride my bike cross-country. Like, it's going to happen. So I'm just, I got to give it some time before that happens. I was actually planning on doing it April of 2020. And then obviously that didn't happen. So seemed so like the best time years. to do
1: it. There were no cars on the road. you had to <laughs> yes. be outside However, all the time? However, there was
0: also nowhere to buy snacks. <laughs> oh, so that was issue. No <laughs> <way.
2: laughs> Can't you just you carry know, a little like goo? Point, just a little goo in your pocket. Yeah, just a little, just a few goos for cross country. That much. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you'd be fine.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One goo per so, state.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> starting to ration my goo. So I just kind of made this decision that. I still wanted to have this kind of extravagant goal when it came to cycling i'd always wanted to do it i had done my first half Ironman, man and i was kind of in that in that phase of both my parents got sick in the same year. So my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. My dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's. And it was just one of those like life moments. We are like, I need to get to enjoy this body while it's able to do these things. And just one of the challenges that I've always wanted is I've always wanted to tour on my bike. It's like, I literally want to ride my bike and pitch a tent, sleep, and then get back on my bike. So I made this, I came up with the idea of riding from New York City to Niagara Falls, mostly because I've never been to Canada. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. There's so many people like, what? Don't say that out loud. But I've never been to Canada. <laughs> and I was like, how cool would that be to go to a place that I've never been and then literally get like my passport stamped and like go into a new country? It was like just on a bike. That's awesome. Line, on a bike. I love it. And so I started researching it. And then, I mean, there was a lot that went into it, but I did. I rode my bike from New York to Albany, Albany, over to Niagara Falls and then put my feet up on a dashboard and catch a ride back home.
2: <laughs> How long did it take to go 450 so miles? I
0: took off an entire week. That was kind of my vacation in October. And I did it for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And I raised money while I was doing it. So I took off on Saturday morning. And initially, the like the trip, I was supposed to have some friends do it with me and like all really great plans completely fell apart right before it happened and people were like i can't do the entire week or something uh, came up and i was like you know it's fine just maybe ride with me until here and they're like okay
1: hang on uh, hang on hang on <laughs> i know how to read tone you weren't like oh okay it's fine it was it's fine
0: <laughs> no 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 the reality is i was like cool because i wanted to do the trip by myself really but my mom didn't want me to do it by myself my dad didn't want me to do it by myself. No one at Tonal wanted me to do it by <laughs> myself. So I, I understood the dangers of being alone. And you're on a yeah, bike, yeah, for sure. But it was just this thing that I wanted to do, and I wanted to like have everything go wrong
2: and have to figure it out. And what I don't know, I just
1: <laughs> I know that sounds like my I first know.
2: marriage. I have questions though. Logistically, doing that, like yes. there are so many things, like just from a safety perspective, that you have to think about. You're a woman you're out there alone in the dark yes. trying to that is dangerous i don't know another way to say that yeah and it doesn't have to yeah. be and it's obviously other people that make it dangerous but like of what course. did you do to protect yourself if i may ask and if you don't want to talk about of that course. here that is okay no no let's
0: talk about it because honestly like there have to be other women that want to do these types yeah. of things that don't feel very comfortable doing it her next um, class is called
1: one... strength for gun owners <laughs> <laughs>
0: My knuckles, my fists are considered lethal weapons. She's like, safe. I got That's my guns.
1: That's true. She did 12 so. years of karate. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> when I moved to New York, my dad said it. He's like, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about anybody who tries to mess with you. So, I'm okay. <laughs> so a few things. One, the biggest thing was I wanted to feel comfortable and confident myself, understanding my surroundings, knowing my surroundings, choosing the right places to stay, which I did. All of my stops were planned out. All of my mileage was planned out. I knew exactly where I was gonna be relatively when I should get there. I had some backup plans just in case. And then also, I was in constant communication. The wonderful thing about technology is that every single person in my life that I'm very close with had my location service. Like, I had friends call me, they're like, oh my God, you're already to Albany. Like, I noticed you were going across the bridge. Like, they (laughs) could really follow me. And like, they had all that information. So they knew where I was staying, they had contact information. But I did have a friend join me on day one. And it was wonderful because I was a little nervous about camping. I found this really cool vineyard that they allowed you to like camp on site, like while the. They were closed in the oh. evenings, like they had a little back plot where they had bathrooms, and you could just kind of like connect a few things and essentially sleep under the stars. Oh. So I found a few campsites that were like that. So I felt really comfortable because they were a bit more protected than if you were just sleeping on the side of the road.
2: So that's not exact. I wasn't literally. I wasn't getting off my bike and just because I was literally. I that's <laughs> what I was picturing. Exit I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm tired. Boop. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I, no, I, like that would honestly, that probably would have been nice
0: because there were so many times that I was like, I'm done, but I was like, I have to get. 20 more miles in before I get to this campsite. So it also gave me that motivation to keep going and how far off
1: the path were these places? Did they add like 10 miles each way to get to them or
0: a few of them? So what I did was, I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's called the empire state trail. Mm -hmm. And essentially what New York state did is they reclaimed old railways and made them essentially these like beautiful paths so that hikers, cyclists, runners, walkers, locals, anyone can kind of access this. And it goes through beautiful historic parts of New York that in the industrial age were a a very big deal. So especially along the Erie Canal, there were towns that had so much history behind them because they were the booming part of industry that are now closed. So it brought me through some pretty cool stuff. But the Empire Trail goes from New York. You can actually see the signs when you're here in the city along the river, which I see them when I run. It gets me excited to go cycling again. But it goes all the way up to Albany, and then it splits. So it goes over to Buffalo, and then it goes up towards Montreal. So obviously, I did the first part of it. I would camp. Again, I had somebody camping with me day one. I had everything go wrong, and I was by myself when it happened. So I had my tire burst, not just the tube, like the tire itself burst the morning of day two that was <gasps> when i had 110 miles on my legs and i had to do another 86 i duct taped the tire i changed the tube and duct taped the tire so i rode 70 miles on a duct tape tire Whoa. i mean again just some crazy stories finally got that changed because somebody saw that i was like when i stopped they're like noticed you had duct tape on the tire i have an extra tire if you'd like one i'm like really the shirt i mean you'd be surprised the people that come out to help you when you kind of tell them what you're doing and ran into this person in a diner. (laughs) So I got a new tire, riding day two, got another flat. And I'm giving you like the very short story. Ended up having to dismantle my bike, put it in the back of a cop car and essentially get a ride just two to three miles up the road to my campsite because I literally just... I couldn't change it at that point. Essentially, everything go wrong, but everything went exactly how it was supposed to, which I
2: loved. Yeah, it was a lot of days in my own head, a lot of snacks, bungee cord on the front of my bike, you name it. Did you have to put like a pack on to like have all your supplies on your back while you rode? I'm trying to picture how you would have. Yeah, enough- so what I did, so the surly bike that I mentioned, the first
0: bike that I got was actually the bike I rode. Really? I kept it with me all these years and it was the perfect bike to take with me. So I had two panniers on the back. So that's when you kind of get that gate that goes over the back tire and you have like the two big bags on your back tire. And then that kept a lot of just like my basic supplies some food, parts of my tent. And then on the front of my handlebars, I had essentially looks like a Tootsie Roll. It just kind of like rolls up on both ends and you connect it on the front. I had two water bottle cages that I was able to fill those water bottles. And then I actually wore a hydration pack on my back. So that way I could just kind of drink as I was riding. And that housed either like Snickers or something in the front (laughs) front pockets. They were readily available. (laughs) So yeah, so I, I had my sleeping bag, my tent, all my gear, some replacement tubes that I went through very quickly unfortunately (laughs) and uh, yeah
1: yeah. and a lovely tour (laughs) of the collapse of late stage capitalism
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm kind of a history nerd so i i love stopping and reading and like getting a research no that's
2: so fun when we go visit other places we always like we do something historical like even if it's something that other people might like not think is touristy you know and we always read about all the interesting things that happen we always find that interesting and tom Mostly pop culture related because Tom relates everything to pop culture. Like
1: this is where <laughs> yeah. this movie was filmed. Exactly. Like I'm-
2: <laughs> exactly. But it's interesting to learn stuff along it the is. way. It is. Yeah. It is, I'm
1: always like, this yeah, is where funny. they shot the opening credits for facts of life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's this is a typical day in yes. the household. I'm curious, though, that's a long time to spend by yourself. And so, I don't know, maybe this just comes naturally to you. But like that so many miles, so many hours of potential doubt of yourself. How did you talk yourself yeah. through those dark times? Because that's hard. Listen, there were some very strange conversations that happened. <laughs> there were
0: some very odd songs that got stuck on loop in my head. I did listen to some audiobooks and some podcasts. I had a lot of times to like call people, so <laughs> I'm sure I had friends that were like, "Hey, you good?" I'm like, "Yeah, what you doing?" <laughs> I got like 20 miles. Do you just want to talk? Like, Not really. No, I'm good. <laughs> Now there's truly, it was like all waves, all phases of mental battle. It was, this is awesome. This is so cool. I can't believe I'm doing this. And in the next thought, and then in the next breath, it was like, what am I doing? This is terrible. It's uncomfortable. It's about to rain. I'm hungry. My tire went flat, like all those things. I'm very grateful that I'm healthy enough to do this. I did it to celebrate my mom being free of breast cancer. I did it to raise money. So like the entire time I was riding, it was truly like reminding myself, I'm a Pisces, I'm a very emotional person. So it was reminding myself of the conversations. Like when my mom would call me and she was on her way to treatment, she's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, yes, you can. Here's how we're gonna do it. But the key in the ignition, We're going to turn on the car. We're going to put on our seatbelt. You're going to talk to me as you drive out. You're going to call me when you get into the parking lot. It was taking myself through that exact moment that she had to go through, something that was really hard and uncomfortable and challenging, and coming out the other side and learning a lot going through all of that challenge. So yeah, it was beautiful. And if I will say to anyone who is like, I could never do that. My response, you don't have to, but you could, you could ride hundred miles, you could ride 30, you could do your first triathlon. I mean, anything that you could possibly be like, I don't know if I can, the response, you absolutely can. You just kind of have to break through a little bit of doubt and you have to be willing to like learn a little bit, fail a little bit. And you know, recognize that you
1: didn't it. start with 450 miles, yeah. right? Like that's where you ended up, but that's people see that if they haven't done things like that, that sounds a lot more daunting, not to take away from your achievement, but that it sounds a lot more daunting because yeah. you haven't done two miles. Yeah. Yet.
0: Yeah.
2: No, yeah. that's totally true.
0: It's well, every marathoner will tell you, oh, you just have to go one mile at a time. But to someone who hasn't done it, you're like, yeah, that's a lot of miles you have to do at a time. <laughs> uh, you,
2: know,
0: you have to start somewhere. I'll never forget breaking 10 miles. I'll never forget breaking 30. I'll never forget going 100 miles. I mean, it just... You do get there eventually, but you have to give yourself credit first and foremost for those little small steps, the little small miles, the little gains that you get. And then you just have to be a little comfortable with getting uncomfortable sometimes.
1: I would guess in some ways, hitting 10 miles for the first time was probably harder than doing 450. Yeah. Like from a psychological standpoint. I'll never
0: forget going across the GW and back for the first time. I got back and I was like, I was nauseous. I couldn't eat. I didn't eat enough. I didn't drink enough. I didn't even (laughs) bring snacks that trip. (laughs) So you do have to kind of, unfortunately, you have to learn by making the mistake. And I will say, even based on this bike ride, like you only make mistakes once, hopefully.
2: (laughs) You're like, oh, and making sure I will do that again. It's part of the process is learning. Do you consider yourself a mechanical person? Because like out of all the things, I can handle the rain. I could probably handle camping on my own. But like when it's, it's changing tools. a tire, I don't know. I know.
1: And I, I can't know. help her. <laughs> I,
0: read, I took a video when I had to change it for the first time by myself. And I was like, I did it. I did it! <laughs> by the way, like because any other time my tire had to be changed, I wasn't alone. It was like, hey, Matt, could you help me change of this tire? Or like bring it to the bicycle store on the corner. Yeah. So again, it was that force like well, you're going to have to figure this out. And whether you're YouTubing it, you're calling somebody, you're doing whatever you have to do to figure it out, but it gets done. And that's one of the things to really remember is that sometimes we're forced to learn those things. And sometimes that's the best option because if we have the option to have help, we lean into that. And we're like, oh, path of least resistance. But at the end of the day, if you're like, well, this tire gets changed,
1: or I live here I now. On the, side of the road? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. That's exactly what I it live is. at a rest stop.
2: <laughs> I'm curious how all the things that you've done, all the places you've been, and your 450 mile adventure, how does all that inform how you put together strength for cyclists? Like, how do those two translate and come together?
0: I think the biggest thing to remember, and I say this in class a lot, when I sit down to do programming, it's the first thing I remind myself is like, keep it super simple. Like It doesn't have to be rocket science. It can. We can really get into the nitty gritty. But there's just a few things to follow. And it's one, basic movement patterns. So it's how can we do things that are going to make us stronger? How can we do things that are going to help us with hypertrophy? How can we do things that are going to get our heart rate up? And then the other thing is just adding variety. So it's thinking about all of your joints as a cyclist, but also just as a human, what do we all need? Well, we can all use a little bit more mobility and we can all use a little bit more strength at the end of the day. So that's kind of what, when I broke it down, that was really just, if I'm riding my bike, what do I want to do strength training? Do I want to do a ton of legs? Probably not. Do I need to do a little bit of legs? Yes. (laughs) Right. Do I want to stretch and do shoulder mobility? Probably not. But if Ash forces me to do it by adding like a single arm lat pull down, then cool. I got that benefit. Thinking of little things like wrist, I talk a little bit about it. Like when you do a bent over row and you're on the bench, a lot of times just like having your hand flexed, like you're giving a high five, but it's bent. That position is really tough on the wrist, especially when you're cycling. Because if you're on your hands a lot, like having that extra pressure is not fun. So like learning how to adjust when you're strength training, if you're overusing certain positions for triathletes that are locked into arrow bars, like how can we kind of work through the, some of the shoulder joints, you don't have to be a triathlete to need to like work through that shoulder joint. So keeping it simple, having a little bit of fun and getting to talk a lot about application in the program. That's the biggest thing. So when people ask me a lot of times, they're like, I love this program. Like, can I just do it on my own? I'm like, absolutely. But you're gonna miss all of my really fun, nerdy jokes <laughs> <laughs> All my stories about riding my bike. And you're also going to like lose that little light bulb moment of, oh, didn't think about that. Oh, didn't realize that this is going to help me in this way. So that's where taking the classes with coaches and live kind of give you a little bit of that application, I which have, takes it from a workout to actual functioning movement.
2: I have definitely noticed that there's been an increase in the direction that you coaches give about like tips for how to do things, how to make sure you're in the right position, how to feel if it feels right and how to like little tips and tricks. And I've noticed that you guys right. have increased the amount of those and and I greatly appreciate them. So
0: <laughs> I love to hear that. I love to know that people somewhat notice. Yes. I mean, look, I can obviously speak for myself. I hope that I can speak for the other coaches and that, you know, a lot of us have been doing this for a long time. And that really does come from that experience. Of I've trained clients one on one. I've trained. Couples one on one. I've trained group fitness classes with young athletes, like in their 20s, they can do a thousand burpees. I've also trained clients that are like my mom and dad who have limited mobility or just don't want to be hurt or injured. I've trained moms who are like, I need to raise kids, I can't hurt myself. So it really just comes from that experience and getting to really picture who's on the other side of tunnel. And I think that's the biggest thing. One that I miss, I miss getting to like see people and like talk about what's going on with them in person. But it has really helped myself and I'm sure the other coaches as well. When we're standing on set and we're talking about a specific movement that we've done a thousand times there is someone who's walking up to tonal is like what the hell is a neutral <laughs> grip deadlift and then you know like the first thing you see is like this yes like, yeah. you're, doing a deadlift, you're like pull your shoulders back so it's how can we take something that can feel really complicated and just water it down and give you the tiniest little nugget of a cue and you're like oh okay, I get it. You never forget it. It's like something that sticks with you. So yeah, that's truly what I love is like helping people have those light bulb moments. So that's really why I love the live classes and being able to teach classes rather than just like give programs.
2: Yeah, no, I love that. I'm also curious, since you're an endurance athlete yourself, how you feel like strength training for endurance athletes is different than strength training for someone who's just focused on Maybe it's they're just trying to get bigger muscles, because I feel like it's right. different. I mean, it's definitely
0: different. The biggest thing that differentiates when it comes to training is like, what's your goal? At the end of the day, do you want to put on muscle mass? Do you want to run faster? Do you want to get really good at pushups? Or do you want to swim faster? And are you just someone who's like, I know I need to work out. Everyone tells me, like my doctor tells me I need to work out. It's all over social media. I should do this, right? Like, it's good for me.
1: It's trending. So
0: really, it's just, it's, yeah, apparently like Explore Page has all these people and fitness. There's all these digital connected things that like make me work out. The biggest thing is just ask yourself what your goal is. And by the way, that goal can change. That can be, I am doing a marathon this year and I am going to be a couch potato next. And that is okay to make that decision. And that's really the biggest thing is you have to prioritize your goals and you have to say, "Is am I performing or am I preserving? Maybe when it comes to endurance athletes with muscle. So when it comes to endurance, specifically endurance athletes, doing hypertrophy and strength training pre-season is a great idea. The more muscle mass you have, the more you're able to work with when you're actually in sport. I say it a lot in class when we do hypertrophy, the best way to think about like muscle fibers. My dad loves minions. I don't know why, like he like loves those. He thinks they're hysterical. Oh my
1: God, I but can't them. But I always think em. about
0: the minions. They're like, ah, you know that like that one when, they're like, yeah. ah, and all their eyes light up. I think about that as muscles. And when we do hypertrophy, Essentially, we're just like adding minions and we're like creating a bigger army of like, ah, let's lift. <laughs> and as athlete, that's a good thing. You want to show up on race day and have all these minions that are like, let's ride this bicycle.
2: When well, you're goose. riding your
1: bicycle, you're not taking along goose. You're taking along grooves. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. She's <laughs> like, I will go with I this. I do it. I do it. See, Tom sits sits in silence, like, and you know, when he's like, so let me get this straight for you, like, here it comes. This is going to be good. Getting my pen and paper so I can write it down. Uh, Essentially. Yes. I'm just building a bigger team. Just like ride with me on my bike. So for endurance athletes, that's a really big thing to remember when it comes to programming and like choosing what program to do and choosing kind of the goal and how you want to mix your strength training into your endurance training. The reality is the longer you go, the further you go, obviously, the more efficient your body has to be at giving you energy. So the further you go, the more expensive that energy is, you get more tired. So whether that's refueling, obviously with snacks, or that's just your body being a little bit more efficient with the energy that you have, that we're working with that, we're working with carbs, but you are going to have a little bit of breakdown in muscle mass. It's going to happen. However, it's what you prioritize. So it's, I really want to win this race. Fantastic. Strength training is not going to be your goal in season. If you're like, I just want to survive this marathon because my wife made me sign up for it. Apparently I'm like raising money for like an organization. I'm supposed to be the nice guy, right? I don't want to lose any of my gains. And that's a real thing. So it's like, cool, let's do the bare minimum of endurance training. And let's maybe add in an extra day of strength and hypertrophy focus. So it really just depends. And that's where you kind of just have to make that decision. But I think the rule of thumb and a safe way to put it is strength train at least twice if you're endurance training, which is what I try to do. So there's some days I know I'm swimming, I know I can maybe add in a strength workout. Or if I have a speed workout, I know I can maybe do a strength workout later. But you always want to prioritize like what's most important. Is it The running or the lifting? Is it the biking or is it the lifting? And that can change. So those can flip flop depending on what your goals are.
2: That is very good advice. Absolutely. Well, it is because it gets complicated because people think that you can just like slap one label on it. Oh, this one workout will do whatever I wanted to do. And we're all created equal and all of our things are the same. No, no, no. Listen, (laughs) I I say all
0: the time I'm like, the perfect pants are not the perfect pants if they don't actually zip. Yeah. (laughs) They don't fit. They're not perfect. They're not for you. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, you know, just the best way to remember it. It's like it has to be realistic for you. If strength training three days a week isn't working, two days is perfect. And I think that's the biggest thing. We do get caught up, myself. Even all of the coaches, like we start really having these blinders on and trying to make this perfect workout routine and like the perfect amount of reps. But the reality is, like, if we're moving and if we're going with those basics, we're going to get there. But it's just prioritizing what you want to do a little bit more of.
1: And there are no magic bullets. Yeah. Amen to that. So
0: just bicep curls and deadlifts. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, things that take a lot of mental energy. Recovery. You suffered a ski accident that you had to work yourself back from. Tell us about that. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I was snowboarding.
0: I was in Utah. It was my birthday weekend. It was also the weekend that I was like, I'm just hanging with my friends. I wasn't like going hard. Wasn't doing a ton of powder. Wasn't doing trees. I was like, let's just do these groomers and like Have have fun and enjoy the beautiful weather. When I first started snowboarding, the one rule that I learned The one rule was never say last run, ever. Never, ever say last run. You always say two more, skip the last. (laughs) And unfortunately, even though I said two more, skip the last, it was my last run. (laughs) I was three minutes maybe from the bottom of the mountain, finishing it out, having a hot toddy and enjoying my birthday dinner. And I was in a hazard zone. So everyone's supposed to slow down. Unfortunately, there was a skier who decided they did not want to slow down. So I was blindsided by a skier straight lining down the mountain. Mm. Never saw him coming. Woke up in a toboggan with a neck brace Whoa. going down the mountain kind of thing. So I essentially flew, I spun, flew backwards, landed on the back of my head.
1: Warrior it's helmets. Sounding kids. familiar.
0: <laughs> this is sounding very Warrior, familiar. Warrior helmets, <laughs> Warrior helmets. Was knocked out. I was apparently talking on the mountain, but I don't remember talking on the mountain. I was cleared. beautiful thing was three of my best friends are doctors. Those three best friends were also on the trip with me. So, you know, I felt really comfortable leaving the hospital and being cleared. I've never had a concussion before. I didn't play any contact sports. So I thankfully had never had a concussion. The one thing I will say is it's absolutely no joke. I will go into watching football this year completely different. (laughs) And had my first concussion this year
2: too. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's awful. It's awful. (laughs) It
0: is the worst thing you could ever have to deal with. Like I, I've almost broken my hip i've had like sport injuries all those things I'm like give me any of those because they have a clear and precise way of returning to sport and recovery when you get a concussion it's like you just throw everything out the window and you're like let's just see what happens like are you going to remember your coworkers' names? Let's just see what happens. <laughs> like, is that headache ever going away? Not sure. And that's exactly what it was. So I definitely lost my vision. So I was... Vision was pretty blurry. I completely lost my ability to walk, which is terrifying. Whoa. So for two weeks, I sat like in bed, eye masks, earplugs. I needed help getting up, walking to the bathroom. I ate every meal in my bed. It was terrifying, truly. I am um, so sorry. Was, you know, it's just one of those where... They said the first thing I asked when I got into the ambulance was if somebody could call work and let them know I couldn't teach on Tuesday. That was my biggest concern was I was like, my life is movement and I can't move. It felt like forever. It felt like I was never going to get back. It felt like that dark room and the quiet was never going to be loud and bright enough, but it did eventually. And a month felt like a year, but when I look back already, that month is... Like it didn't exist and it flew by and it was just you know, it's in the rear view and I don't even think about it anymore. But recovery was very different. And as you know, the recovery from a concussion was wildly different. So it was giving my body an opportunity to rest, my brain an opportunity to rest. And then being smart about how I came back was the biggest thing. And again silver lining with everything, right? Now I have a completely different respect when people are in the OTC and they're like, hey, I had this injury, how do I come back? And my response is like, let's talk about it because I totally get this. Christina's gonna do the same thing coming back from surgery with her knee. Completely different injuries, but also still having to recover. So taking my time, understanding how to come back slowly, which is very, very hard when you're not used to going at a slow pace and then having the right sports system around you.
2: I don't know about about you, but I feel like the brain being slow is the hardest part because it's Mm -hmm. like you said about, it's very clear cut what you need to do for your muscles and bones. But when it comes to Oh, yeah, but I don't know when you'll remember things again or, oh, you can't see aspects like there's a whole bunch of things in front of you and you can't see some. Well, maybe maybe you'll get that back. You probably It's like will. your brain is working
1: right. on parallel tracks, right? Like as when you don't have a concussion, there are things you don't know, but you don't really know that you don't know them. But when you have a concussion, you're like, I don't know a thing, but I know I should know it. But I don't know, I know what I it is. I'm it. not knowing. And.
0: I had moments, I'll never forget, one of my coworkers, I needed to like send her a message about something. And I could not for the life of me remember her name. Yeah. And I sat here and I had a post-it note and it's something my doctor told me to do. And I just started writing out clues. And I was like, blonde hair, Utah. I had to start writing out. And I'm like, it's right there, but I can't think about it. And it was the first time you're right. Like I had the realization that no one fully understands the brain. Truly. yeah. We can talk about knee joints and tendons and ligaments and how every organ in your body should function and exactly how it should function. But when it comes to your brain, it is like, it's amazing to me. Truly is amazing to me. So a whole new appreciation for taking care of my head. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, even thinking about all the things that we eat and how they affect our brain. I mean, then now it's like everything I think about. When I'm on my city bike, I've got a helmet on. <laughs> like, good. You name it. Yeah. I'm like, nope, brain's super important.
1: One yeah. of my favorite uh, jokes. It feels good to be back. One of my favorite jokes in the <laughs> so world odd. is from Emo Phillips. <laughs> oh, He's boy. got a weird voice. If you ever see him, he does this weird kind of character, but great joke writer. And it says, I used to think the brain was the most fascinating of all the human organs. And then I thought, I mean, look, what's telling me that. <laughs> <laughs> Tricks you.
0: He's yeah. got your number. He's yeah. got your number yeah. always.
2: <laughs> well, I wanted to ask yeah. about your upcoming program, Maintain Your Gains, because we've talked a lot about that muscle and needing to maintain I know it sounds yeah. pretty straightforward, and I know we're about out of time, but I just wanted to get some. Already? Yeah, I know. It's... No. Sadly, it's been an hour. I we have talked and talked and talked. I suddenly,
1: I feel like Crystal's a psychologist. Well, I see by the clock on the wall that we're almost out of time. Your time but is up, if Ash. You stop say, the...
0: They say that the final five minutes are where the really good stuff happens yeah. out of my therapy. So
1: it's like working out. It's all in Let's that make last this set. Good. It's all in that last set. Last set, best set. right.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Maintain your gains. Look, we named it exactly what it should be. And it is, how can I do the bare minimum? No, right it's, my alley. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't want to lose my gains. I don't want to lose any progress that I've made. This can be for the, I'm in a phase where I just need a little bit of a break. Like I've been going really hard with certain programs. It can be, let's say I'm traveling, or I just don't have like the effort to give. I've got a really busy time at work. Or it can be something as simple as I'm starting to put a little more focus on like cardio or endurance training, but I don't want to lose the muscle that I've already built or any of those gains. And that's really what it is. So it's nice how it's broken out because you'll kind of always have a main lift. You'll have like one big compound lift and then we'll add some accessory work in, which again, for stretching. Mm-hmm. Love it. So you always have some like accessory work, a little bit of core work. And it gives you all the basics, but you always get kind of like your main lift in one block and then we'll do a quick accessory and then that's it. So it's really nice. It's a nice one to like keep in your back pocket. And like when I was really thinking about this, it's one to like always have. And if you're focused on doing any of the challenges, so obviously we've got a lot of the challenges coming up. There's so many great programs that are programs that are out there. And this is just a nice one to like add in. If you're looking to do a bit more maintenance, you just want to sweat. You just want to lift. You want to check the box. You don't want to lose your streak. I know how hard it is to lose your streak. I've lost mine. <laughs> so depressing. You know, it's checking all the bare minimum boxes, which is really nice. It'll still be fun. We'll use the barbell, which I love. And yeah, that's a good time.
1: And when will that be available for people?
0: So we'll do it live first. Okay. So okay. You'll see it live on the schedule. And that's going to be coming up in June. And then after that cl- after we're done, obviously filming, we'll put a really cute bow on it. We'll take a nice little picture. And we like, here you go. Maintain your games. And again, you could just like kind of save it, put in your back pocket for the week or two weeks that you're ready to maintain.
1: Love it! Awesome, That's perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find yeah. you on all the internets,
2: <laughs> all of the
0: interwebs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many places that you can connect, and I'm like, there's too many. I can't do all of those things. <laughs> so obviously you guys can catch me on tonal i think you know my classes are there sometimes (laughs) i'm back full-time ash is back so obviously classes i'll see you guys on tonal in the otc and then mostly on instagram that's the best way to get a hold of me always connecting with me at ash wilking so this was really lovely truly i'm so excited that we got to connect Um, I i hope this is one of many Because it was so fun. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And if on your way out, if you want to stop by the receptionist, he can get you set up for your next appointment. Five stars. Collect your copay.
0: Five stars. Five stars. Leave you guys a tip.
2: (laughs) Thank you. And I really appreciate your fun sense of humor. It's been just a blast. (laughs) Thank
1: you guys so much. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next time, where can people find you?
2: People can find me on uh, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Crystal D. You can f- also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and the Tonal Leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at Facebook.com slash Superset Podcast. And don't forget, you can also watch all of these episodes on YouTube. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep lifting.
0: The superset is made possible in part by support from Tonal.